Hi, welcome back to another adventure with Cinder in the Luna Chronicles by Marissa Myers. Let's jump right back into chapter 28. The uncomfortable silence of the dining hall was broken by the clatter of chopsticks against porcelain and the shuffling of servants' feet. Only human servers were present. A concession of Lavana's avid distrust of androids. She claimed it when she against, went against her people's morals and the laws of nature to bestow fake emotions and thoughts on man-made machines. Kai knew, however, that she just didn't like androids because she couldn't brainwash them. Sitting opposite the queen, Kai found himself struggling not to look at her. It was both a temptation and a repellent, and both feelings irritated him. Torn was beside him, and Lavana was flanked by Sybil her sec and the second thermotrage. The lunar guards, guards stood against the walls. Kai wondered if they ever ate. The emperor's seat at the end of the table would remain empty until the coronation. He did not want to look at the empty chair either. Lavana made a grand flourishing gesture, drawing everyone's attention to her, though it resulted in nothing more than taking a sip of tea. Her lips curled as she set the cup down, her gaze meeting Kai's. Sybil tells me your little festival is an annual occurrence, she said, the cadence of her voice swooning like a lullaby. Yes, Kai said, lifting a shrimp, shrimp routon between his chopsticks. It falls on a ninth full moon of each year. Oh, how lovely for you to base your holidays on the cycles of my planet. Kai wanted to scoff at the word planet, but sucked it back down into his throat. It was a celebration of the end of the Fourth World War, said Torin. Lavana clucked her tongue. That is the problem with so little countries on a single globe. So many wars. Something splattered on Kai's plate. He looked down to see that the wanton filling had been squeezed from his wrapper. Perhaps we should be glad that war never war happened then and forced the countries to conglomerate as they did. I hardly think it harmed the well-being of the citizenry, said Lavana. Kai's pulse throbbed in his ears. Millions had died in World War Four. Whole cultures had been devastated. Dozens of cities reduced to rubble, including the original Beijing. Not to mention the countless natural resources that had been destroyed through nuclear and chemical warfare. Yes, he was quite sure some harm had come to the citizenry well's being. More to your highness, said Torrens, darling Kai. He realized he's been gripping his chopsticks like a weapon. Grumbling inwardly, he sat back allowing a servant to refill his cup. We can give credit to the war for bringing about the Treaty of Berman, said Torin, which has thus far been beneficial to all countries in the Earthen Union. We hope, of course, to see your signature on the document someday, Your Majesty. The Queen's lips tightened against her teeth. Indeed, the good of the treaty, see, is thoroughly discussed in your history books. And yet... I cannot help but feel that Luna, a single country robust a single government, provides an even more ideal arrangement, one that is fair and beneficial to all inhabitants. Assuming that ruling government is fair, said Kai, a flash of good temp set the queen's jaw, but almost instantly faded to a serene smile, which of course Luna has. 
as it evidenced by hundreds of years without a single uprising, not even the smallest protest. Our history books attest to that. Shocking. Kai would have grumbled if he hadn't felt Torin's glower upon him. It is a testament that every ruler strives for, said Torin. The servants came forward and risked away the first course, replacing it with silver Torin's. My queen, it is as eager to forge a bond between Luna and Earth as you are, said Sybil. It is a shame that an agreement cannot be reached under the rule of your father, but we are hopeful that you, your highness, will be more accepting of our terms. Kai again strove to loosen his grip. Least he accidentally leaped across the table and jabbed the ch a chopstick into the witch's eye. His father had tried every compromise imaginable to forge an alliance with Luna, except the one thing he could not agree to, the one thing he was not sure was signaled the end of freedom for his people, a marriage to Queen Lavanna. But nobody had objected to Sybil's comment, not even himself. He couldn't get the image from today's meaning out of his head. The lunar mutations, the army of beast-like creatures waiting. It chilled him not only because of what he'd seen, but of what he could imagine he hadn't seen. If it was right, if he were right, then Lavanna put her army out for show as a threat, but he knew she wouldn't give her hen away so easily. So what else was she hiding? And then he dare risk finding out? Marriage? War? Marriage? War. The servant simultaneously lifted the silver domes from the trays, releasing clouds of steam scented of garlic and sesame oil. Kai mumbled a thank you to the servant over his shoulder, but the words were interrupted by a gasp from the queen. She shoved the chair away from the table. The legs screeched across the floor. Startled, Kai followed the queen's glazer plate. Instead of a thinly cut pork tenderloin with rice noodles, the plate harbored a small hand mirror set into a shimmery silver-white frame. How dare you! Lavanna turned blazing eyes on the servant who had delivered the mill, a middle-aged woman with fine gray hair. The servant stumbled back, her eyes wild as the mirror. Lavanna stood so fast her chair tumbled to the floor behind her. A chorus of chair legs creaked on the floor as everyone stood. Speak, you disgusting earthen! How dare you insult me! The servant tossed her head, mute. Your Majesty, Kai started. Sybil! My queen, the human has shown disrespect. It is not to be tolerated. Your Majesty, said Torn, please calm yourself. We do not know that this woman is to blame. We mustn't jump to conclusions. Then she must be made of an example of, said Sybil, quite coolly. And the true perpetrator can thus suffer the guilt, which is often a far worse punishment. That is not how our system works, said Torin. His face had flushed red. While you reside in the Commonwealth, you will abide by our laws. I will not follow your laws as long as they permit disobedience to flourish, said Lavanna. Sybil! Sybil rounded the queen's fallen chair. The servant backed away, bowing, muttering apologies and begging for mercy, and not knowing what she did. Stop it! Leave her alone, said Kai, rushing toward the servant. Sybil snatched a knife from the servant's table and held the handle out towards the woman. The woman took the knife, crying, pleading as she did so. Kai's jaw dropped. He was both he was both disgusted and memorized as the servant turned the blade toward herself, clutching the handle with both hands. Sybil's beautiful face remained complacent. The servant's hand trembled 
and slowly lifted the, light, the knife until a glistening edge was poised at the corner of her eye. No, she whispered. Please. Kai's entire body shook as he realized that what Sybil meant to force the woman into. Her heart, heart racing, he squared his shoulders. I did it. The room stilled, silent, but the woman's bubbling sobbed. Everyone turned to Kai, the queen, torn, the servant with the tiny inflamed scratches inside her eyelids, the knife still in her hand. I did it, he repeated. He looked at Sybil, who watched him without expert expression, and then at Queen Lavana. The queen fisted both hands at her side. Her dark glaze seemed, gaze seethed. Her complexion simmered. In a single, tilting moment, she was hideous, with her ragged breath and sneering coral lips. Kai ran his dry tongue across the roof of his mouth. I ordered the kitchen to put the mirror on your tray. He pressed his arms firmly against his sides to keep them from shaking. It was meant as a friendly joke. I understand now that it was ignorant decision and a joke that would have not crossed cultural lines, and I can only apologize and ask for forgiveness. He leveled his gaze at Lavana, but if forgiveness is not in your power, then at least direct your anger toward me and not the servant, who would have had no idea the mirror was in there. The punishment should be all mine. He had thought the tension had tension bad during appetizer course, but now he was choking on it. Lavana's breathing returned to a normal as her eyes weighed her options. She did not believe him. He was a lie. It was a lie, and everyone in the room knew it, but he had confessed. She opened her fist, stretching her fingers out against the material of her dress. Release the servant. The energy dispersed. Kai felt his ears pop as the air pressure in the room had changed. The knife clattered to the floor and the servant stumbled back, crashing into a wall. Her shaking hands flattened over her eyes, her face, her head. Thank you for your honesty, your highness, Lavana said, her tone flat and hollow. Your apology is accepted. The crying woman was led away from the dining room. Torn reached across the table, picked up the silver dome, and covered the mirror. Bring our most honored guest her entree. That won't be necessary, said Lavana. I have quite lost my appetite. Your majesty, said Torn. I will retire to my quarters, said the queen. She was still battling Kai across the table, her eyes cold and calculating, and he was unable to look away. I have learned something valuable about you, you tonight, young prince. I hope you've learned something about me as well. That you prefer to rule through fear than justice? So sorry, your majesty. I'm afraid I already knew that about you. No, indeed. I hope you notice I am capable of choosing my battles. Her lips curved, her beauty returning full force, if that's what it takes to win the war. She departed from the room like a feather, as if nothing at all had happened, her entourage falling into step behind her. Only when the guard's clomping feet had drifted down the hall did Kai slump into the nearest seat, head hanging over his knees. His stomach was heaving, every nerve shook. He heard a chairs being set upright by to and torn, settling beside him with a heavy sigh. We should find out who really that fault for the mirror. If it was someone on the staff, they should be suspended for so long as the queen is staying in the palace. Kai lifted his head far enough to peer over the table's edge, seeing the towering silver dome in front of the queen's abandoned chair. Inhaling a breath, he reached forward and uncovered a mirror, then grasped the slender handle. It was smooth as glass, but sparkled like diamonds when he twisted it in the dim light, lighting. He had only seen material like that, 
once before on a spaceship. Holding the mirror's face toward Torn, he shook his head disgusted. Mystery solved, he said, turning the mirror around so that his advisor could see the strange lunar ruin carved onto the back of the frame. Torn's eyes widened. She was testing you. Kai let the mirror tip back onto the table. He rubbed his brow with outstretched fingers still shaking. Your Highness, a messenger clicked his heels from down the doorway. I have an urgent message from the Secretary of the Public Health and Safety. Kai tilted his head, squinting at the messenger through his bangs. Couldn't she just calm? He said, checking his belt with his free hand before remembering that Lavana had requested no port screens at their dinner. He grunted and stood up. What's the message? The messenger stepped into the dining room, his eyes bright. There's been a disturbance at, at the District 29 quarantine. An unidentified person attacked two medroids, disabling one of them, and then escaped. Kai frowned, sh frowned straightened. A patient? We're unsure. The only android that have recorded a good vigil was the one that was disabled. Another android caught glimpses of the act from afar, but one of the perpetrators back. We've, we've been able to get an accurate ID. The perpetrator didn't seem ill, though. Everyone at the quarantine is ill. The messenger hesitated. Kai gripped the arm of the chair. We have to find him. If he has a disease, it appeared to be female, your highness. And there's more. The footage we have shows her speaking to another patient. Moments before she attacked the first medroid. A young boy by the name of Ching Santo. He was admitted to the quarantine yesterday with stage 2 lermosis. And the servant cleared his throat. The boy seemed to be recovering. From what? The attack? No, your highness. Recovering from the disease.